living up to your full potential. 2 Kings chapter 13 and verse 1 through 19. And I like the word potential because everyone who has breath and everybody that who's alive has a potential. What is potential? There's a lot of different meaning to potential. I'm just going to share with you a couple of them. Uh, potential is what's inside of you and me that has not yet been developed. That's potential. That's why when you see someone that has a, a beautiful voice or has an anointing or you see people that have certain skills develop, you say that woman or that man has potential. What are you trying to say? It's not, you're not talking about the present. You're talking about how far they can get. So you're saying there's potential because what you see, you have light. But you see that there's something even greater and bigger. Now let me give you some quotes about potentials. You will never know your full potential until you push yourself to find it. You will never find out what's your full potential until you push yourself to find it. One of the things that comes to mind, it's Kobe. Remember COVID? COVID was something that all of a sudden came to us. We didn't ask for it. We didn't pray for it. We were not expecting it, but it came. And how many different things were developed? Some of the things that was found out during the COVID was that a lot of the businesses and churches that did not have technology disappear because they had no other means of communication. But others discover that during that difficult time, they were still able to communicate and give the message through technology. And a lot of the churches that reopened, they found out a lot of different things. They had a lot of people that had been saved. Their church grew. The finances grew. Why? Because they pushed themselves beyond what? Their current limits. The second one says, it's not what you got, it's what you use that makes the difference. Oh, I like that. It's not, what, it's, it's not what you got. We have a lot of different things. Now, one of the things that comes to mind is what? Going to the closets. How many pair of shoes we have? How much clothing we have? How many of those shoes we use? We're going to use two at a time, one pair at a time. So what this quote is saying, it's good that you have things. But it's more important that you use what you have. Now, listen to the way it finished. Because when I use what I have, I'm making a difference. Oh, somebody has to shout and say that they're talking to me. Not only is it important to have things, it's more important to use what I have so I can make a difference. Think about how many gifts God has given you, how many talents, how many ability, how many skills you have. And God is telling you, I want you to push yourself to the limit. I want you to push yourself further so that potential that's in within you can be a blessing to so many others. Look at the third one. I have great news. How many, like, how many like to hear great news? Everybody, right? Great news. Your negative past does not affect your potential. Your negative past. If I would call some people and say, just tell me a little bit of your, of your past history of negative things, I'm sure that would have a line and we would have what? A whole list of things. So the good news is that whatever happened to you in the past is not going to affect your potential. Say amen. amen. And the fourth quote I want to share with you is, the only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be. Because God already has determined a specific assignment specifically for you and for me. Now, I'm going to repeat it. The only person that you're destined to become is the person you decide to be. 
Because God already has determined in a specific assignment specifically for you. Now, if you pass me the other slide, please. I want to share with you the topics that I'll be talking to. I'm going to give you a brief potential story. I'm going to give you the meaning of potential. We're going to get, drive into Philippians 3.13 and Philippians 2.13 through 16. I'm going to talk about some barriers that prevent you from reaching your potential. And I'm also going to talk to you about ways to reach your potential. And then we wrap up with 2 Kings 13.15 through 19. Now, the, the short story that I want to share with you has to deal with our pastor. How many of you know our pastor, Alberto Delgado? Okay, amen. Let me just give you a little briefing on his story because he's an example of potential. He's an example of someone who has developed his potential. He's not only our pastor, he's our founder of Alpha and Omega, now celebrating 38 years in existence. He came to this country at the age of 14. No parents, no English, not knowing the culture. He came in a program called Peter Pan from Cuba. And in this program, um, teenagers were allowed to come to the United States for a brighter future, but they were only allowed to come without their parents. And in this case, he had no family here in Miami. So think about for a minute, 14, I don't know the culture, I can't speak the language, I have no family, and I'm going by myself. Pretty stressful, right? Now, I'll keep giving you the story. Decades later, our pastor, founder at Alpha and Omega Church, he is bilingual. He was one of the advisors of former President Trump. He has led Congress in prayer. He's written numerous books. He has TV and radio program, and he's the founder and pastor of Omega Church called Alpha and Omega. How many of you rejoice with this potential that we have right in our house that has been developed? And if our pastor was able to acquire and to be able to fulfill all that, how much can you, 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 you fulfill in the name of Jesus? That should be an inspiring story for us, right? Because we have it right in our house. Now, let me tell you what potential is. Potential can be your provision can be your supplier, can be your resource. Or if you let it sit down, if you let it sit down, it becomes your biggest frustration. People that don't develop potential are people that are frustrated. Why? Because the, you, you find yourself having certain skills, but you don't move forward. You don't see yourself developing. Let me tell you a little bit about what frustration is. Frustration is anger, irritation, bitterness, I feel defeated. But in the name of Jesus, this morning, you came to this church because God has a word for you. And the word is, we want you to develop your potential. And I'm going to show you what are the barriers that are holding you back. But I'm also going to show you ways that you can fulfill and do so you can develop your potential. How many of you say amen? amen? Now, what is potential? Potential is possibility. Potential is future. Potential is possibility, capability, probability. What God created you and it's part of your life purpose and it's part of your spiritual DNA. Now, one of the things that I love about potential is that God didn't select a few. God didn't say, this is just for Mary, or this is just for Joseph, or just for Peter. No, God says, everybody that comes into earth, and that has breath, and that I have brought to this, has an assignment, has a mission, has something special to do from God, and I've already imparted in her, and in him, the spiritual DNA to be able to be effective. Say, wow. 
I like that. Because that means that everybody qualifies. Everyone who's here this morning qualifies to have their potential what? Develop. Now, I'll even go further. Potential means that a person has the necessary abilities or skills or qualities to become successful or useful in the future. That means that if I unite my life purpose with perseverance, I will develop my potential. How do I develop my potential? I'm working. I'm serving. I'm getting trained. I'm living processes. I'm getting equipped. I develop. Those things are going to reveal that you are developing your potential. Now, I want you to listen closely, and I want you to repeat with me this quote. Are you ready? One, two, three. If I use what I have, we could do better than that. If I use what I have, God will make me what I'm not. Ooh. Let's stop right there. Oh, yes. Now, can you repeat it again? But this time when you repeat it, I want you to believe it. It's not only repeating for repeating. This time you're going to say it like you mean it. And this time you're going to say, this I'm declaring today, this day in September, nine months, the month of what? Birth. The month of what you have been, what? Believing God for the first eight months, this is the month that I'm going to see it manifested. I don't know who came to church. I don't know who said they're talking to me. I don't know how many people said this month of September, I will see what I've been praying, praying, what I've been seeking, what I've been believing, I will see in the month of September. Mm. So I want you to repeat it once again, very loud. You ready? If I use what I have, God will make me what I'm not. That means that if I use my gifts, that if I serve, that if I work, that if I have initiative, I can be better than today I am. Now, one of the things that comes to mind is the mustard of seed. Have any one of you ever looked at a mustard of seed? How big is it? It's tiny, right? Very tiny. Now listen to this. The mustard of seed, once it's planted, you can see the power of potential. Because you have planted something that is what? Extremely what? Small. Tiny. And once you plant it and you do the necessary things, you will see that in due time, that little seed that to a lot of people was insignificant, all of a sudden you see what? The potential that that seed had. And I want to believe that you and I are that seed. I want to believe that you and I are that seed that planted in Alpha and Omega is going to develop, is going to grow, and you're going to be used by God because you have a purpose that God wants you to fulfill this year, 2023. Now, I want you to tell the next person next to you, the person sitting next to you, I want you to look at them in their eyes, and I want you to tell them two times, I see potential in you. But do it nice and happy. Do it like you mean it. Do it again. Look it in their eyes and say, I see potential in your life. I see potential in your life. I see potential in your life. Give a round of applause. I see potential in your life. Now, the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, 
verse 13, says the following. Know dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it yet. I have not arrived as of yet. But I focus on one thing. Now, there's three words that are key there. I have not, what? Achieved it all. I have not arrived yet. Two words, important. But then he says the third word. And he says that third word, I focus on this one thing. You know that one of the things that cannot allow you to, make your, to develop your potential is lack of focus. Matter of fact, when you're taking a picture or using a camera, it doesn't matter how, how good that camera is. If you don't have a good lens to focus, you're not going to have a good picture. So the Lord is telling you today, I, we know that you have not arrived. We know that you haven't acquired everything that you're praying or that you're asking God. But he says you need to do one thing. I'm going to focus on one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Have you ever asked yourself, why is it that an automobile, car, has a front window and has a back window? But have you ever thought for a minute, why is it that the front window, it's a lot bigger than the back window? Because when you're driving, they want to make sure that your focus is on what lays, lies ahead. And not for you to be looking to the back so that's why you have a bigger window when you drive an automobile, a van, whatever you drive, a truck, than the bigger window. Tell the person next to you, look forward, look forward, look forward, your potential, look forward. Your potential will be developed looking forward, not looking backwards. Now, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18, 19 says, don't bring to your memories the past things because I will be doing new things this month of September and this year, 2023. Now, there's another powerful scripture in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 through 16. Now, verse 13, look how it reads, and I'm paraphrasing. For it's God who is working in you. When you read the scripture, it, it said, that's what it says. For it's God who is working in you. If God is working in you, that means you're going through what? processes serving is part of training going to the bible school is part of training going to biblical fundamental is part of training going to growth track is part of training and the bible says here because it is god who is working in you but in order to god to work with you i need to allow him to work in me god is a gentleman the holy spirit is a gentleman he's not going to force you to anything i'm going to have to what one to grow. I'm going to want to develop my potential. And then once you say, I want to, God says, I'm willing to do it. And he starts working in you, enabling you and me to will and to act for his good purpose. That's why you don't want to give up. Because if God has not given up on you, why are you giving up on yourself? God believes in you. That's why he's allowed you to be here this morning. That's why you have health. That's why you have a job. That's why you have a, 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 a house, or an automobile. Because God has not given up on you yet. I'm not talking about that you got everything that you need. That you got everything that you may be praying for. No. But I'm telling you, we have a lot more than a lot of other people. Because when you, make, when you look at the statistic of the world, 66% of the people today had food, shelter, home, clothing. 34% of the world did not have 
neither of those or just one of those. So we are blessed. And if you believe we are blessed, let's give a round of applause in the name of Jesus. Now, verse 14. Do everything without grumbling and arguing. <laughs> so what is the Lord telling you there? We don't want you serving frustrated. We don't want you serving criticizing. We don't want to serve you grumbling. No. We want you to do it with a what? With a grateful heart. Because the reason he's telling you, we don't want you serving grumbling, arguing. No. Verse 15 gives you the answer. So that you may become blameless and pure. It is so different to be with people, whether it's relatives, family, co-worker, school environment, when you are in peace. Have you experienced the difference between arguing, grumbling, and being in peace? Because when you're in peace, you feel that everything is what? Working for the good of all. But when you are grumbling, arguing, regardless if it's even relative, you feel that the lack of peace, it's allowing other things to be in the, in the mix. So the Lord is saying here, I don't want you serving. I don't want you working, developing your potential with gripes and arguing. Because I want you to become blameless and pure. Children of God, of Alpha and Omega. Without fallness in your rap and crook generation. How is the generation? That the things that are right, they're saying that are wrong. And the things that are wrong, they're saying that are right. He says, I don't want you to be contaminated with the thinking of this generation. Then, if you don't get contaminated, if you listen to the advice that we're giving today, then you will shine among the world like stars in the sky. Oh, someone has to say, they're talking to me. Wow. We're going to what? Shine like what? Like stars in the skies. Now, when a, when a star shines, the first thing that people say is what? Oh, look at that. Right? That's the first thing they do. Or someone say, wow, look at what's there. You know what God wants you to do? That wherever God has sent you, that wherever you live, in whichever neighborhood, in whichever university, college, high school you go, people could distinguish you and say, you know what? He may be from one or two generation. He may be a millennium. He may be an alpha. He may be a baby boomer. He, he belongs to a generation, but he shines. But she shines. But she's different. But he's different. Why? Because you have the love of the Lord in you. And then verse 16, as you hold firmly to the word of the life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run, that did I not labor, that I did not serve in vain. Wow. Now, let's talk about some barriers that will prevent me from reaching my full potential. And I'm just going to mention seven. There are a lot of other barriers, but I'm just going to mention seven for the time of saving time. Barriers that prevent me from reaching my potential. When you hear the word barriers, what comes to mind? I'm sorry? Things holding you back. What else? Talk to me. Obstacle. What else? Limitation. I like that. I like this group. They came with a thinking head. What else? What else? What else? Limitation, obstacles, they're holding me back. Strongholds, restriction. All right, let me give you seven. You can chat them down. 
Barriers that prevent me from reaching my full potential. Number one, lack of knowledge concerning God's promises to you. Lack of knowledge concerning God's promises to you and to me. That's why fundamental, biblical fundamentals are so important. That's why AO Bible College is so important because it's going to give you the foundation so you can know what the promises are. You could get to know them. You could declare them and believe them and shall be yours. The second one is fear of failure. Number three, self-doubt. Number four, low self-esteem. Number five, procrastination. What I needed to do today, I'm going to leave for tomorrow, and tomorrow will be the next tomorrow and the next tomorrow, and when you come and find out, I've never done it. Number six, lack of focus. And number seven, lack of commitment. So I'm going to repeat them. Lack of knowledge concerning God's promises to you and me. Fear of failure, self-doubt, low self-esteem, procrastination, lack of focus, and lack of commitment. Anything I'm not committed to, it's one of the things that I will never get to do. And since I never get to do what I'm never committed to, that blessing cannot be mine. That's why commitment is so important. And the Bible goes even further on commitment. The Bible says what? That your no be yes. And your yes be what? Because God is a God of commitment. That's why when you saw the, the selection of the 12 apostles, one of the things that the Lord told one of the apostles is, if you love me, follow me. Oh, simple. If you love me, just follow me. What was he looking for? Commitment. I'm going to make it real easy. Serving God is a lot easier than what we think. But it requires what? Commitment. Nothing that you have obtained or nothing that you have been able to achieve, you've achieved it without commitment. You don't pass grades without commitment. Why? Because you have to take tests. You have to do projects. You're not going to graduate from college without commitment. You're not going to graduate from university without commitment. Almost everything in life that requires achievement requires commitment. You can't get married unless you are willing to go to the altar and tell him publicly, including the parents of the girl or the boy, of the husband, and telling the wife and before the Lord that you have to commit. And one of the things they say in the ceremony is, uh, you're going to love her in sickness, health, prosperity, poverty. What are you making? A big commitment. So tell the person next to you, if you decide to commit today, you're going to see your life flourish. You're going to see your life grow. And you're going to see God's promises in your life be fulfilled. Give a round of applause to the Lord. <laughs> now, I've mentioned the barriers that can prevent you from reaching your potential. Now, I'm going to give you seven ways to reach your potential. Okay? So, not only I gave you what may hold you back, now I'm going to tell you what is going to allow you to move forward. The first one is good time management. If you don't know how to manage time, you're losing life. And time is one of those things you can't go to any major mall or any store and purchase. No one sells time. 
So every time you don't enjoy 24 hours, which is one day, one week, one month, you've lost. One day, one week, one month of your life. So you need to learn how to be good stewards. When we hear the word stewardship, we think that's us only money. No, stewardship has to deal with time. Stewardship has to deal with resting. Stewardship has to deal with how you manage your finances, etc. So one of the things that if you want to reach your full potential, you're going to have to learn how to manage time. Number two, serving others. Because when you serve others, you're letting the Lord know how much you care and you're fulfilling one of the commandments. The first commandment is that I should love the Lord with all my heart, with all my mind, and with all my soul. And I should love my neighbor as I love myself. So the person next to you, tell them. As of today, tell them, tell them. As of today, I'm going to decide to love you. I'm going to decide to serve you. And before this service ends, I'm going to think about inviting you to lunch. Give a round of applause. <laughs> Number three, if you're going to dream, dream big. I mean, if we're going to already dream, might as well dream big. Number four, practice discipline, including rest time. Practice discipline, including rest time. Number five, create a plan. Number six, become the most positive person you know. And number seven, develop your life purpose so you can develop your full potential, which is your assignment by going to training, by learning, by serving, by living different stages in life. Who you fellowship with, it's a big determinant of where you're going to be tomorrow. We could pray for everybody, but we should not fellowship with everyone. You don't invite everybody to your home. You don't invite everybody to lunch. You don't invite everybody to dinner. Why? Because you're selective. And one of the things that you should be very selective is on who are you going to fellowship with. Why? Because good habits and bad habits are contagious. That's why there's a saying. Tell me with who you're walking, and I'll tell you who you are. That's it. T.D. Jakes. How many know who T.D. Jakes is? Bishop T.D. Jakes. You know what he says? Show me your five person closer to you, and I'll tell you who you are. That's it. Just show me the five people. Introduce them to me, and I'll tell you who you are. And he goes even further. He says, and I will tell you how far you're going to go in life. Wow. Now, it's amazing that... We're going to go now to 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 15. And um, Minister Martha is going to help me read that scripture. Let me just give you the introduction. In 2 Kings 13, 15 to 19, there was a man of Israel who became a king at age 23. What, what, what does that mean? That if he became king at 23, how many of you are 23 here? Tell me the 23. Who's the 23? Here we go. One. Well, anybody else in the 20s? Anyone in the 20s? Okay. That means that you have potential. Why? Because he became a king at what age? 23. So this man that became king of Israel, age 23, he did evil before the eyes of God. He could have done righteousness, but he decided to do evil. At this stage in his life, prophet Elijah came to him and gave him specific instructions. And that's where she's going to start reading. So we want to hear what these specific instructions were. 
You already know he was king at age 23. He decided to do evil, and the prophet of the Lord goes to speak to him. Verse 15. And Elijah said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on, the, on it, and Elijah put his hand on the king's hand. Just 15, just 15. Read again, just 15. Just 15? Yeah. And Elijah said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Okay, so what is the prophet telling the 20-year, 3-year-old? He's giving what? Instructions. Now, a king with these instructions says, why is this person telling me this? A bow and some arrows? It makes no sense. Does it make sense to you? It doesn't make sense to me. I'm a king. And a prophet comes and says, um, I bring you some arrows and some bow. And I'm like, we're going we're gonna to have a, a, a game here. We're going to have an exercise. What are we going to do with this? You following what I'm saying? Okay, so listen first to the instruction that he gave the king. Now in verse 16, let's follow the, the reading. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elijah put his hand on the king's hands. Okay, so now I see that he wants me to learn how to work the bow and the arrow, right? But I'm still asking myself, what am I going to do with this? What's the purpose of this prophet coming to my home? Just like this morning, you have come to the house of the Lord, and you have, are hearing this message, and you're telling yourself, what is the purpose of this message? The good thing is that just like the prophet is going to end up explaining the purpose, the message is going to wind up explaining to you the reason of this message. Amen? So let's go to verse 17. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Stop right there. Wow. Now it's going to get more difficult. Now he brought me a bow. He brought me some arrows. He wanted me to learn how to operate it. But now he's telling me, open the east window. Not why not the west? Why not the north? Why not the south? Because when God gives instruction, even though I may not understand, he knows what he's doing. And he's in control. And what I need to do, even if I don't understand or comprehend, is to obey. Because if I obey, I will win. Open the east window. And the good thing is that he opened it. Keep reading. Um, and he opened it. Then Elijah said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow must strike this and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Aphex until you have destroyed them. He didn't know that he had enemies. And that doing this prophetic, by listening to the prophetic word, what he was doing that he didn't understand until this was said, is that he was getting his what? His own deliverance and the deliverance of his people because there was an enemy that was what? Vigilant. 
to attack them. And by him doing this, they uh, were start striking. And he says, you're going to do this until you destroy them. That means that God has given an instruction. He says, you may not understand it. You may not agree with it. But if you do it, you're going to get the results that you want. Just keep striking. Keep striking. And today the Lord says, develop your potential. Develop your potential. Develop your potential. Develop your potential. So you can see greater things happen in your life. Now, listen to what happened in verse 18. Then verse 18. He said, Take the arrows. So he took them. 18. Yes. Yeah. Ta then he said, Take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, Strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. Now, the instruction so far, he was doing good. He didn't understand what was going on, but he was doing good. But as the prophet kept telling him instructions, and you have them right here. He tell, keep striking the ground. He never told him three times. He says, keep striking the ground. And the Lord is telling you, keep developing your potential. Keep doing the things that will develop you into your potential. So listen to this. He struck the ground. He struck the ground three times and stopped. Who told him to stop? Himself. So a lot of times when we want to be able to do things our way, we find out that we have what? Lost focus and we're deviating from God's purpose and we're exercising additional time that was never God's purpose. So how many times did he strike the ground? Did the prophet tell him to strike the ground three times? No. He said, keep striking the ground until you win. But he decided to do it three times. And listen to what verse 19 now. And the man of God was angry with him. He was and what? That means that if the man of God was angry, God could be angry at you as well. Because you're not obeying. If we are going to summarize the whole Bible in one word, obedience. That's it. And the whole Bible in one word, obedience. So the man of God was what? Angry. Now he's going to tell you why he was angry. And said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. That means that he could have done what? A lot more by keeping striking. But he limited himself because he stopped at number three. You know what God is telling you? Every opportunity that I'm giving you, every opportunity that you have to serve, every opportunity that you have to learn, every opportunity that a man or woman of God that finds in you favor and grace gives you that opportunity, take advantage of that opportunity. Take advantage of that opportunity. Don't stop. Don't stop. Every door that God opens, keep uh, taking advantage of that opportunity because those doors that God is opening you, those are doors that God has put in the heart of that man or woman to open for you and for me. So, if you're going to applaud, do it because it's for the Lord. Now, listen, just like this prophet went to speak to this king, this is the way Jesus saw Peter fishing. Where did he see Peter? Fishing. And he saw potential in a fisherman to become an apostle. God saw David as a shepherd. And he says, I see potential in David. And he became a king. And today, God sees you, and he sees me, and he says, I see potential. I see potential. I see potential. I see potential. 
That means that if he sees potential, he's not looking at your condition today. He's not looking where you are today. He sees in the future, and he says, I see Mary. I see David. I see Peter. I see them as pastor. I see them as evangelist. I see them as leadership worship. I see them as doctor. I see them as attorney. He sees more than what you're seeing today. That's why. Give it all you have. Let's be obedient. And in my conclusion, this is what I have in my conclusion. God will be doing new things in your life. This month and this year, don't stop serving. Give it all. Don't give up. The Lord is much bigger and greater than your problem, than your situation, than your circumstance. And remember, if you use what you have today, God will make you what you don't have.